Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie, and we are back to build up our round 10 clash against Collingwood in the Sir Doug Nichols round. It's an important round and a great way to showcase the First Nation people of Australia. And obviously, it's an important game for us right now against the old enemy, Lockie. There's mm-hmm. plenty to go through as always, but got to ask you, as always, how are you going and how are you feeling about the game this week? I always appreciate when you ask me that, mate. Um, more optimistic and positive than maybe I should. I'm getting that vibe from a lot of people this week. Yeah. The energies are high going into this game, considering where we've been the last month and a bit. So I'm feeling good. How about you? Yeah, definitely, definitely feeling good. Yeah, it's the, it's the emotional roller coaster of a Carlton supporter these days where mm-hmm. you get another loss, you sulk for a little bit. And then you just have to drag yourself back up. And it's something we're used to, unfortunately, as Carlton supporters. But, it's true. you know, it can always turn. And that is kind of that glass half full take we're trying to have at the moment, which we've had a few messages in that throughout the week. So yeah. I think it's a, it's a good thing to hear that those that are listening yeah. are kind of with us in that vein. But we'll start this where we always sure. love to start off. Our build-up shows, it is the what do you want to see from the game where we try to bring two or three things up that we want to see. Obviously, it's a win. So you've got to try and see these other little things. That's boring. If you're listening to this right now and you're watching on YouTube, firstly, like and subscribe if you're enjoying the content. But apart from that, chuck in the comment section right now the three things you want to see from this game. If you're listening on your preferred streaming services, click the follow, then head over to our socials at Navy Blue Corner and let us know what your three things you want to see are this week because we love hearing them. And then maybe we can steal what you've said this week and chuck it in next week because... I know I'm always struggling to find them, and I think you sometimes are too, Lockie. But this week, <laughs> against Collingwood, what do you want to see? So many things. You've already <laughs> touched on a number of the biggest, like the reasons what make this such a big game yeah. this week, this Sunday afternoon. Um, and it really, it, it could be a season-defining game for us if, if we get up. So yeah. I think the first thing that I want to see is that that care factor from the mm. boys is obvious. Yeah. And we ask for it a bit. Like this is often something that comes up in this segment because it's like, you just want to see that ferocity from the get go. Mm. And I really, really hope that we see that in this one, not that we're behind, behind the, the ball already from the start. Yeah. Like let's get the jump on them and, and show that everyone understands that this game means a lot to us. No, I agree. And it's something we've probably called out for in certain different ways throughout this season, just that early start and show us the emotion and, and hopefully just keep that emotion. consistent from the four quarters. Like we, I don't think we've had that intensity for those four quarters a lot this season. So I think that's a, I think that's a really good one yeah. to see. Um, one of the ones I have is I feel like we kind of almost, maybe this is just me to get away with it. So I don't get caught out each week, but then I'm bringing it up now. So I'm almost, ready for someone to do it. But I change these and just change the wording up slightly. But this one this week is goals and fast flowing footy kind of goes of off that, how we play and, and wanting that transition. But look, I know Collingwood play that chaotic brand of football. And if we, if we take the game on, that can kind of play into their hands a little bit because they love the turnover and, and, and whatnot. But yep. I think regardless of the result, which is what this sec- segment is, I think if I see us play in a way that I can see us winning games throughout the season and a, a game style that we saw in that third quarter, whether it worked or not against, against the dogs, like 
taking that game on, going through the middle, streaming through, getting the ball into yeah. our forwards quickly. If I can see that and think that, wow, if we keep doing this, doesn't matter what opposition we come up against, we'll start winning more games than we lose. I think that will be enough for me yep. regardless of the result. Um, obviously, we want the win, but these are the little things that, that I, I want to see. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. And my, my second one kind of leads off that, which is after we see that, after we do all that, we're going to do what haunted us. We're going to not do what haunted us last week and also what haunts us from round 23 last year, which is making the most of our opportunities. Mm. Like, I don't want us to be sitting here on Monday being like, wow, we should have won Mm. that one if only we had kicked those goals that we should have. So let's hope that some of those yips and things that were around last week, we, we get through them. And we make the most mm-hmm. of it. No, it's, a, it's a really good point because I think that's the annoying thing from last week was as bad as we probably played for two and a half quarters, the opportunities were still yeah. there. And it's just it's just the difference between good sides and where we are at the moment. The good sides take those chances. They take those half chances. I read yeah. a little article that was talking about the difference in like a, a Harry Mackay at the moment in like the expected goals compared to some of the others. And uh-huh. it was obviously down on the expected goals, but the interesting thing was then contrasting that with the guys in the league at the moment that are going above the expected goals. So like taking more of the opportunities and, and obviously at the moment we'll talk about Harry at some stage, obviously it's just about at least getting him to the even, but yeah. it's, the separation between a good and a great team is being better than what is expected of you in all the stats and getting the most out of, of those opportunities and, yeah, you just hope more guys can kick like a Matt always, I think. Um, <laughs> one of the others that I have is maybe focusing on the opposition. It's something that I do at some stage throughout this episode. But look, I know halfbacks seem to have a big thing against us every single time we play them. We're almost, it's unaccountable footy. We just let them have a field day. And so one of them, one of the things I want to see is us not let Nick Dacos just roam free all day. I That's need to good. see him be accountable in some way or fashion. I reckon there's probably going to be a listener question on this one. So I don't want to go into the mm-hmm. details of how we stop this man. But if I see him just run off that halfback all day, uncontested yeah. footy, I'll be very, very frustrated. So I think they'll kill us if that happens. <laughs> it's a fantastic point. I'm sure that's going to come up when we talk team changes. Um, yep. Yeah, that's already given me nightmares. Um <laughs> My final one, and I've seen a fair bit of talk on Twitter about this. I don't know whether you're going to be keen to talk about it, but you mentioned Harry. Something that I want to see is all of us getting around the yeah. big man. And I know it's going to happen in the pregame when they mm. call out Harry yes, McKay. Yes. <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen then. But then I, I hope it can continue throughout the game as well. And, you know, as, as frustrating as it is for us as supporters, hopefully we can, mm. you know, keep his best interest at our heart and not, and yeah. not get stuck into him if he misses one mm. or, or whatever it is. No, I do love that. And I, I don't know how much of our listener and viewership are on Twitter and are uh-huh. on all the social media. So if you're not on there, a couple of people and apologies, I don't know who exactly said this, 
But no. there's been a big call to arms for the fans. We obviously we know we're boisterous, we know we're loud, and it's when mm-hmm. they're reading the, the team names out at the start and they go through them individually, like you're talking about, where you're thinking, Oh my god, is Harrison McCready still playing for us? What's the name? <laughs> no, when they read out Harry Mackay. <laughs> and because there's always a big roar for Charlie. And there's always a big better say Mackay this week. And then everyone else it kind of there's not a lot. If we can just get up and about and try to make sure when Harry's yeah. name gets read out that that is the loudest roar almost of the whole day. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know I how agree. much the noise and stuff like that does play a massive effect, but surely there is no negative of that happening. And it can just show that we're behind mm-hmm. it because we've gone big on social media this week when Robbo and a few journalists have gone hard. So let's do it in person. <laughs> yes. Let's not just do it on the socials. Back it up. Let's put the keyboard aside and let's back it up. <laughs> um, and apart from that, I've also Crackle. off that. I have a point on here, and it's it's when he does get the ball and when he does take a mark. Because I, I felt this last week, there was almost you're not going to ask for a, an animal sound or something, are you? A no, don't one? worry, don't worry. No McDonald's oh, farm this week. But <laughs> I wish I wish there was something. I'll be up and about it. Would if there be was. really good. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But it's when he did take that mark and lined up on the snap. There was almost like a. <sighs> from yeah, the no. whole crowd. And then when he missed it, there's an even bigger groan of, oh, God. Let's, when yeah. he lines up, regardless, let's just get around him. Reg- like, I love it. That's not, I know, <laughs> I know it's so hard not energies. to. It's so hard not to because as soon as you see, you're like, oh, God, just like, I know I'm, I'm not groaning, but I'm nervously like, oh, just please kick it. Please kick yeah, it. Like, that's my energy. But maybe if we just cheer and be like, yep, Harry's slotting this one. Come on, get around. He <laughs> He's makes snapping it from 50. Yes. Let's do it. He's snapping from directly in front. Who cares? He's putting it on his right foot. Doesn't matter. Let's just get around him and, and hope that maybe just a bit of that noise does something. And maybe that's the trigger he needs. But interesting yeah. that your third one's on Harry. Mine is as well. Yeah. Mine is let's hope that Harry just kicks a bag of four yeah, plus. I know. I think I caught out on Twitter saying we're winning this game and he's kicking five, but I'll take four plus at this yeah, stage. We'll take four. That's what I want to see. Harry back in action. You're going to get around Cripper if he lines up for another left foot snap or? I'm going to have to. Is, I know I caught a, it out. I went big, but I've got to now. I've got to now. I've got to oh, now. We're supporting everyone this week. Why good. not? Why not? They're all great fellas. <laughs> um, but yes, those are our three things that we want to see. <sighs> Let us know yours in the comments on social media at Navy Blue Corner. If you're enjoying what you're listening to so far, make sure to follow us. Where you're listening, subscribe on YouTube and on all the socials so you don't miss anything. <laughs> um, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Haven't checked it in the last few weeks, but if you'd leave Uh-oh. us a review, five stars. They're piling up on you re- there. Likely. I think they will be. So we almost might have to dedicate a, an episode to, to reading them out. Because if you give us five stars and say something nice, we will read it out live on the pod. So easiest way to get a shout out on this thing. And another way to get a shout out is through the listener questions, Lockie. Again, you know they're on the socials. Gee, the plugs are just coming through beautifully for me right now. We chucked them out on Twitter at Navy Blue Corner. We chucked them out on Insta at Navy Blue Corner. So if you want your questions in, head over there. Lockie. What have the listeners asked us this week? Well, I'm starting off with a statement, just a straight up statement. Not sure if Damien Red 91 is a long time listener or not, or whether him and I are just aligned in the fact that sometimes we dream (laughs) and we have premonitions of manifesting things to happen. Is this your burner? Is that what you're telling me? Maybe this is my burner. Um, He just said, I had a dream. Siren sounds, we're five points down. Harry has the ball, 50 out. Snaps around the corner, goes through, win by a point. 
I just that manifestation needs to be called out. I love it, Damo. That would be absolutely incredible. Could like if there's a better way to break the duck against Collingwood, that mental hurdle, there's a better way for Harry to get over that mental barrier. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I think my heart would explode. Uh, but I do. If that happens, try. it'll be one of the greatest moments you'll ever witness. Who needs a Jack and Yoon's uh, goal when you'll have that? I would be insufferable for days. <laughs> and I reckon we'd do a five-hour pod. <laughs> oh, live stream it from outside the G. From Mickey C's, this is your wheelhouse. You know I like feeding you ones like these to show that footy intellect of yours. Oh, no. Oh, no. So you're part of the coaching group. Hmm. What I guess this, this plays into the keys later. So maybe I'll let you give a taste of the keys. He says, what are the three or so key things we need to do tactically to beat the Pies? Hmm. Do you want to give a little taste for later in the episode? Ooh, I'm being you now. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, about that yeah, one like later. That. No, like this is the thing. And and I know when I listen to my favorite podcast, they always do this and you're like, just talk about it now. Hmm. And I'm someone so that will probably you. forget. I'll probably forget a few of my, you know, bit of consciousness, streams of consciousness. I tend to forget them. I can't sure. even say it now because I'm losing the stream of consciousness. But I think... Give Mickey something. I'll, without going into too much detail, because it's literally on my run sheet in front of me, right? <sighs> but I'll give you this. I'll give you this, actually, because this is a beautiful taste of what's to come. I have three things written down that are maybe not super tactically, but I think these are the pillars of what oh. will win us this game. So take pillars. this in. Take this in. Work rate, discipline, teamwork. Very generic terms. Buzzwords. <laughs> Buzzwords that we love to throw out there. But when Keep I get into the details of it, Ian... you will understand why they are more than buzzwords. Write them on your wrist. Write them on the tape. Put them, plaster them up on the, on the change rooms to walk out. And, and we'll get the dub. All right. I like it. I like it. Stay listening, everybody. That I, I cannot wait to see how you go deep into that. But now it's time for Soge. How hard is it for the team to increase our handball ratio and our speed through the middle? Mm. I just rewatched the Dogs game third quarter and our run and carry was what got us back in the game. Yeah. Please and thanks, Carlton. Gee, this is your bread and butter, isn't it? Uh, it's, it, I, mean, I, wish it was, I wish it was my bread and butter, but I'm struggling to sort it out like how do we obviously the players are looking at that third quarter being like that's what we want to do all the time yes. it's easier it is easier said than done um i, I guess i'll give a, i'll give a bit of a soge bomb if i can if i can you know stop it make my head bigger than possible i was very fortunate to be at a little bit of a sponsor player sponsor event during the week right? with uh zach fisher I had Pido next to me. I had Hewitt on there mm-hmm. as well. And it was funny. We kind of spoke a little bit about, about that kind of thing. Um, okay. Give us the... Yeah. Come on, Soge. Soge might lose his place as our number one reporter <laughs> if you're going to be getting scoops like this. Go on, apply our functions. God, you're moving yeah. up in the world. Um, I'll be honest. What, I've I've lost my stream of consciousness. There was so much spoken about. What was the what was the little bomb that he was talking about there? And I'll be able to get it back. I told you my stream of consciousness is is leave me, Lockie. Keep it here. Keep it here. Keep it here. I've got the scoop. Handball ratio, speed through Handballs. the middle. Yes, that was talking about when you're not playing. Things will look so easy. You know, Fisher was saying, mate. I was watching that game against the Dogs, being like. What do you mean? I could be out there now and I'd be the best player. This is so easy, boys. Why are you not doing it? Why are you not doing these little things? And so I think that 
it's Love funny it. that even the players have that perspective of when you watch things back, like it's so easy to know yeah. what's not going right and you can easily pick it apart because you know what's meant to be going. And I think that is what the little nugget I took of, they know what needs to happen. And even mm. watching it, they're like, this is clearly what's not happening. And so I think when you're looking to stream those handballs together and, and make sure that it's less of that slow ball movement, it comes back to maybe mm. those pillars. It's that work rate. We've got the options a lot of the time. Guys are in right positions. They're just either not working hard enough to get and create that space like we've been talking about and, yep. and, and be that together spreading away from the contest, creating the options. But then it is that mental side of it. It is being able to make those correct decisions because at times we don't look, it's that head on a swivel. Like there's a guy there to your right, but we don't look and we just wear Sardi for that handle to go into danger. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, it's <laughs> such a weird, interesting part of things where I think there's a, a lack of decision-making and a lack of work rate. But if we bundle those together, yeah. like we showed in that, in that third quarter, I think that is the key to to getting more of those handballs together. I wonder if Fish is going to be playing this week because if he is, and he plays an absolute ripper, can I take credit? We're going to know why. <laughs> I hope to ear. take credit. Must be me. Did, did Pito mention his fiftieth game coming up? Any he didn't. Up? He didn't. Maybe he's like he's the the, uh, the Carlton socials where no one will tell you anything about it. And then it's like the day before, and it's like, oh, by the way, this guy's playing his 700th game for the club. Uh, probably should have let you know that deal. earlier. Maybe it's a big deal. Not sure. But he seems to be in ripper form from uh, sitting next to the great man. So hopefully, mm. if him and Fisher play some good games on the weekend, I, I like it. It's because of me, surely. Super bad is as the same stream of consciousness as you like to put it as you. You're in the same area right now. He says, seems like Ed is in the team. I'm guessing mm. to do a job on Dacos. But I feel like Walsh has been playing 40% half forward these days. Why not let him battle it out head to head? Surely that would keep Dacos accountable. What do you think yeah. about that? I've saw a few comments of people mm. um, talking about whether Ed is in there to do a job. Would you support that? Well, that was the first thing that took my eye when looking at the team changes was, yeah, okay, so who's come in? Who's come out? And then having a look at that extended bench to try and pick the four guys that are going to be staying mm. in there. And I'm looking, I'm like, I feel like there's one extra. Like, I feel like one one person that I want is missing out. And then all of a sudden I'm going, hang on, who's been named in the team that I've yeah. missed here? And unfortunately, it was one Edward Kerno that was named on that half forward line that I wasn't expecting yeah. to see straight back in there. Obviously, was a sub last week. Neither. So it makes you think straight away that, yeah, maybe he's in there to be that defensive role. And I don't know. I just, I don't, I like that they're potentially trying something if that's the idea, but I don't love it because I'm not sure it's worked so far. Like every time no. he has been in there, do you think that he's really been able to shut down an opposition's halfback? <sighs> probably not. Yeah. And so that's probably yeah. the, the issue for me where, I almost wanted to go the other way of it, of, of making him accountable, whether that's yeah, like like we're suggesting here, going, well, is it a, a Walshy having to actually defend? Because Walshy's going to be running everywhere. Or is it a small forward like a Matty Owies making him have to, okay, well, I'm going to kick goals on you. 
So what do you got to do? Mm. I think that there's obviously some elements of that that could be more interesting in how we do it. Like you look at a, a Ben Keys for Adelaide now, he's able to do it because he's able to yep. hit the scoreboard. That idea with an Ed Kerno, I just, I'm not sure that's the perfect person for it. But equally, I don't know if there is a nailed on yeah. perfect option. Do you have any ideas of anyone you'd like to see maybe go to him and how you'd like that structured? And, and if you listen to this right now, again, let us know in the comments, let us know on social media, because this is going to be one of those big tactical pieces heading into this game. We've spoken about this before because people, like media people earlier in the season were talking about this idea of making him more accountable, but it's oh, it, the, the defenders really dictate the matchups. Like it's, it's not so easy for us to be like, all right, we'll put Walsh on him and yeah. that will make him accountable. Cause it's like, well then he can just yeah play on someone else. And now suddenly someone hasn't got a man. It's like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it's not that easy. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, as you mentioned in kind of the things you want to see, it feels like if we aren't thinking about this in, in a deep level, we're mm. going, it's just going to, he's going to have 40 touches and he's going to have three yeah. votes. So I, I'd, it, and that would be a really sad way to lose this game because that's like, that's losing to what we know. Mm. And the, the thing that's so obvious. And, and that's something we've kind of spoken about in the last few weeks as well, where the big narrative has been, it's so easy for teams to take away our strengths, but we never take away the opposition strengths. So sure. even as much as I maybe don't love the idea of Ed Kerno being in that position, if I can at least see that the coaching group are coming up with ways of trying to take away the opposition's weapons, I guess I kind of have to be content with that in a way. And and maybe they saw the success that uh, – was it Ryan Clark from Sydney that ended yeah, up being yeah, on yeah. on him and sort of shut him down a little bit? He probably had his least involvement in a game of football this season. And maybe we've seen some of that and thought that Ed's that perfect guy to play that role. Who knows? Mm. I think we'll, we'll see what happens on the weekend, but it looks like that is probably the play at this stage with him being officially in that team. Do you, do you support the kind of idea, not saying that I do, just putting it out there of mm. that, you know, that Sydney went within that game. If I think about Carlton, that reminds me of like Jed Lamb back in yeah. the day, that famous game. Do you support mm. us? I don't know. Where, like say it's Cottrell or someone mm. where it's like someone goes to him and just, you know. Annoys him all day. Yeah. Gives know. him the gives him the uh, the, the pinches and whatnot the Ryan Crowley oh, the pinches. <laughs> yeah, is I that mean, something it, you think? It's it doesn't it's feel tough. very us. No, and it's it's that hard thing of even like the tagging role. I sometimes I've spoken about it on on pod. I don't love it because it it's that opportunity cost of what are you losing by mm. basically saying one player on that field is doing a negating role rather than something positive and backing in your system. Like I like the idea of making yeah. them accountable rather than just Ed Kerner, your idea today is like not to get the ball. It's to make sure he doesn't get the ball. I don't love those. I think if they, yeah. if the boys were kind of targeting him a little bit in like the going up to him and bumping him all the time and things like that, like this is maybe a bad call i don't know feel free to give me your opinion on this but like no. i'd love if we did yeah. that to everyone every second of the day like i would love yeah. if we were almost like the 
we're like the bloody bad, Detroit bad boys. Like we're, like we are just rough and yep. you don't want to play us because you know you're coming up against a team that they're going to be a bit dirty and every single second you've got that ball, we're going to let you know about it. Like obviously within the rules, no one going I'm with you. beyond that. But if we came with that bit of physicality, I would never be upset with it. I think the supporters would kind of love that, to be honest. Me too. We've been crying out for that for <laughs> a decade. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's just not... I would be so incredibly yeah, shocked if we saw that too. this season. Like, it just doesn't feel like it's us. No, nah, it doesn't. But we've got to do something. I don't want to be sitting here saying that Nick Dacos has had his best game yeah. ever and we just let it happen. Mm. God, we've got all the stars in the questions today. Timmy Dub, heard of him? Podcast royalty, some could say. Do you expect any surprise field positional changes for players mm. or will they remain in their regular spots? Maybe mm. that'll kind of lead us into the changes soon, but any thoughts? Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. I don't think we'll go too far away from things. I can't imagine they've got something ridiculous up their sleeve, some sort of big lever to pull. I think yeah. it, at the moment... I think that'll hurt us potentially more than it'll help us. Because if you kind of look at how we've been playing at the mm. moment, it feels like, and it's the buzzword of buzzwords at the moment, of execution, and it, of us kind of knowing what we need to do, but it just hasn't come off for us. We just haven't been able to execute it perfectly. And I think yeah. if you start making heavy, heavy changes, knowing that it feels like we're so close to everything just clicking, I don't know if that'd be worse off for us. It's almost like just keep sticking yeah. at this and hope that it does click because that third, if that third quarter is what we want to play like and how everything works best, then I think you just keep pushing until it, till it happens. Yep. No, I very much agree. The, the only thing that comes to mind is, is just going back to that last question, whether it's like someone different kind of going to that forward spot doing a day cost job, maybe someone that we don't expect. Yes. Um, so I'm so excited to see how it plays out. But that takes us to our gal, Jess G. Who on earth do you pick from the extended bench? And Peter V says, who comes in and out? Shall we dive Ooh. into it? Dive into the changes, you reckon? We definitely, let's we definitely can. So let's... Let's go into it. So who has come in this week? Obviously, we're recording this on a lovely Thursday night, so we don't know exactly who is in and out because we've got that extended bench. But coming into it is Boyd, DeConing, and Fisher, which is very interesting. Was there anyone there that surprised Hmm. you that maybe didn't come in of those three into the extended bench? Gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, No, correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) I think the only one potentially is maybe a Jack Martin because he did play last week, but you never know exactly, I guess, what the fitness is like on him. And then if we're going to take it at face value that the players that have to be selected and that will come out are definitely off that extended bench. Let's go with that train of thought for now. Sure, sure. It is out of, you can get four from this to be on the field. Who are you taking out of Hewitt, DeConing, Owies, Cottrell, Boyd, Chincotta, Fisher, and Kennedy Lockie. Who is it for you? Who are the four? Is this the best extended bench that we've seen doing this podcast? It probably is. It actually, 
it was so hard. That's why I was saying I was having a look into the team, being like, is there someone listed in here that yeah. I didn't expect them to be? Because that's that's almost. I want all of these players in my the field. Like, can we have it? Can we just play with the extended bench? Like, what's going on here? <sighs> it's really tricky. I think there's actually so many combinations here that would work and that people might want to see. And I think people could be yeah. quite divided on how this goes. But for me, I'd be basically wrong with what we had last week. So Hewitt and Kennedy are definitely in there for me. Owies and Cottrell have to be rewarded. So yeah. that means it would be, mm. sadly, based on this, it would be Chincotta that comes out for Kerno. Um, but I wouldn't be doing that if it was me. Yeah. And, and this is the weird thing when I was looking at the team changes because normally at least how I tend to do things is having one of those players be a defender. It's normally yeah, like two mids makes... and then a yeah. forward. Like that's kind of how you balance it out. And looking at the rotations at the moment, that seventh defender there's like yeah. two of them on the extended bench. It so feels it makes like it, it weird. one of them, right? It's, I don't know, and I wouldn't like it if an Ed is straight in, that they would then get rid of like a Cottrell straight out after one game, especially when I oh, thought he did play quite well. No I know there was way. a few times I didn't love his tracking, watching it back at a few iterations. It was like, oh, he probably should have gone here. He lost his man here a little bit. But there was so much that I did like that I wouldn't want to lose. And no, same. with Hollands out there, he probably would have been the easier one to maybe rest, keep Cottrell in. And then that yep. sort of fixes your bench a little bit better. But I agree with you. I, I think it kind of has to be definitely Hewitt, definitely Kennedy always has to be in there. And then, yeah, I think yeah. always, oh, sorry, cultural for what he offers. I do really like that in there, but I think my ideal probably would have been, take it out and then keep one of Boyd or Chinkotta. That kind of would have been my changes. Um, so no changes, your, essentially, what, so, or Boyd. Yeah, what were your ins and outs? Did you have no – sorry, did you say that you had no yeah. ins? That was my that yeah. was my plan. Yeah, um, I think my only yeah. one was – and it's literally a toss the coin. Like, I'm not that hard on it. Would have been maybe mm. Boyd for Chinkotta. As yeah. just a little bit yeah. of like fixing it up, giving him a little bit more time um, after a bit of a good yeah. run and then get letting Boyd go in there just for a bit better football use by foot, really. It, it feels like the sub thing, doesn't it? Like, is it actually a thing that they're supposed to choose from these eight? Like, is that confirmed? Well, I have seen them previously literally get someone that was named on field off. But normally yeah. it tends to be from... The bench, but even the new rule that apparently at the moment is that like even if they did name the full team, if you're an emergency, you can literally go straight into the team and you can switch it yeah. like a few yeah. hours before the bounce, and it means nothing. Which will be interesting going forward, talking about the teams if they can kind of be like a bit more strategic in that by trying to catch the opposition off guard. But totally. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Let us know who you guys what changes you would have made, and then who you think will be made kept in the team from that extended bench but there's one last yeah. thing we got to talk about with that team changes which is out of the guys that are in that extended yeah. bench that you haven't kept in who's the sub for you who is that standout player that you think can be an impact for us oh my goodness well the other thing i just wanted to chuck in as you mentioned that kind of strategic play it does make me think about tdk because 
I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to think about the strategy behind that, but is there a way that we can expose them? Darcy Cameron is probably coming back mm. in. Like if they named him yeah. on the extended bench, but that is that a way that we could expose them by going with the two rucks, going with a really tall forward mm. line? I wouldn't have been surprised if they did name him or do name him, but that's yeah. something. It might be a reason why he like he could come straight in because we're looking at it thinking, shit, we need like that extra height because now they've got the two big ruckmen in, in Cox and, yeah. and Darcy Cameron in there now and maybe like Sauce just won't cut it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if that does happen. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah. It was definitely wasn't in my plans. I think for me, like the sub, I think Fisher out of those guys, either him or, or maybe like a, a Boyd Chincotta, just some leg speed, someone that with some run that can maybe impact the game would have been the levers that I'd be looking to pull because I think Ed Kerno coming yeah. on last week wasn't really it for me, even though at times I've maybe no. suggested him as a sub. Finally seeing it was like, yeah, it was kind of the everything I was mm-hmm. worried it would be was where you're just bringing on someone rather yeah. than someone that really, like I guess Kennedy, when he came on, you noticed a difference. And I just yeah. don't think we get that with an edge. So hopefully a bit of leg speed to come in. Yeah. And and Fisher would be that guy for me if I was choosing between yeah. those four. I think, yeah, he should be fresh. He should be hungry. Mm. He's got the Ian Brownie pep talk in, <laughs> ringing in his ears. I don't see any reason why he can't have 15 and kick three in that last quarter and put us over the line. Mate, that is what we want to see. Uh, I do have a couple of questions for you. I know you threw me. Under the bus with the listener question. How dare you? Like, is this the run like? sheet? That is, this is not on the run sheet. These are off the cuff for. Why do you even give me a run sheet? I'll give you a little bit. Go on. I can't give it all. Then we need some secrets here. <laughs> Definitely. Can't be we having do. no we secrets do. for sure. Um, so I've got a few things to ask you because talking about this game, I knew there were topics to, that we needed to mention. And if they didn't come up in the mm-hmm. fan questions, I just had to ask you them. And it's around, obviously, that wow. round. 23 and in what happened last don't season recall it. i just want to get your thoughts on it because do you think that the players carry much of like the mental demons of that round 23 last year like going into this game we've been talking about mentality and like are these guys broken like is there a part of them that just can't hack it like the Thinking back to like the Richmond game round one this season where we're in front and then Richmond come back and we just haven't been perfect hmm. really this season. Do you think that we do carry the scars a little bit and are you worried at all in this game that if certain scenarios do play out that these boys could crumble knowing what did transpire last year? I'll try not to waffle here because there's a couple of points I want to make. Firstly, when we were talking off air and you were debriefing with me about the sponsored dinner, it's like we were kind of reminded. It was like a reminder of how real these guys are. And yeah. they're just blokes like us doing their job. And, you know, when we watch them every week and we idolize them, you sometimes forget that that they're human. And if I think back to when you and I played sport when we were younger at uh, an, the most minimized level compared to these guys... I, under 13s, I don't, I don't want to speak greatest. for you. <laughs> under 13s. But you had you had a relationship with every team that you versed. Like you had different feelings. You had memories about mm. the different times that you played. And all of that to say, there's no doubt in my mind that they carry that with them. Mm. The fact that it was Collingwood and the way that it, you know, 
they all had they would have had all these hopes and dreams about yeah. playing finals under Vossi that first season, which got shattered in that game. Mm. And so I'm hoping that those demons aren't gonna be there. But uh, there's no, the, I, I don't think there's any way that you can deny that it, it's mm. not present. Like the 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 thought of that game and those memories are there. And mm. I, I hope that I hope that because we've been through these situations and we've trained and learned and gone through the strategy of it that we can then break through that barrier. But yeah, mm. I, I just yeah. have to see it to believe it. No, I, I hope I hope this thing, this tidbit that I'm about to throw in here, because of the ending of it, that it's it's not a bad thing to put out there. But I just no, I just think it. about there was definitely a team that we we basically beat every single team but one. And they were the mm-hmm. only team that we hadn't beaten over apparent. Like I joined the team at the later stage, but it was like four or five years. They'd never beaten this one team. And sure. it was like, we were the second best in this league for years, but just couldn't beat the number one. And every single time you played them, you kind of went in with the like, yeah, we know we haven't beaten this team, but you obviously, you do go in with that. This is the one, like we're going to do it. And there was more motivation. Absolutely to do it and for whatever reason we still never were able to get it done like, <laughs> oh, sort of, no. which is the bad part about it which is why i didn't almost didn't want to bring it up like but that's good i just kind of go no, back no, to no, such like a shit that. level shit level of football nowhere near a professional athlete at all want to make that perfectly clear here but even when that game was well, happening like we were pretty much like close with this team most of the times and then they just start to break away but even when they got a few goals up i know for myself yeah. i wasn't thinking like oh, it's happening again. It was just like, no, let's not let this happen again. And it was just yeah. like, let's go the next one, next one. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, yeah, it would get to a moment where like the opposition was like 30 points up and you went like, fuck, they've managed to do it again. Like, how did they do it? But it it wasn't like during those moments, I had those thoughts or we, I think collectively, there wasn't this, yep. oh no, it's happening again. And you faltered. It just sort of, it happened. And then you realized that it had happened. So I'm hoping that that's kind of the way that happens with these boys where they use it as motivation and, and hopefully they're a bit better than I was and able to get over that mental <laughs> hurdle because it leads to my next question of, yeah. if you think, if we do beat Collingwood mentally, yes. because of all the baggage, because of everything and how we're playing currently, do you think that, that this would be that circuit breaker that they'd need? Like oh, yes. we thought about last week being, let's just get that win against a good opposition, but doing it against Collingwood in particular yeah. Do you think that's almost the thing that these guys need? 100%. 100%. It felt like the Brisbane game could have been that as well yeah. because the stakes were so high for that one. But And now they're even higher just because the pressure is even more mounted mm. and all the criticism and everything. I, oh, yeah, I just have so much faith in this team and some mm. of it may be unwarranted and people will call me delusional in my DMs. Shout out to everyone that did that uh, after my <laughs> post last week. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a, a win in this game, no matter how it happens, like I definitely believe that it can turn everything around if you want to look at it that way. No, and look, we're, we're fans at the end of the day and all we hope for is that it can turn around and then it will turn around. Otherwise, why would, I, why would we go to the footy if we just think we're going to lose the game like there's better things to do and and will it happen who knows but we just got to be there cheer them on and hope it does and i agree yes, i think that this could be that circuit breaker if it happens if it doesn't definitely not the end of the world 
we go again yep. next week and we go again the week after and we keep going until it happens. But for those mental reasons behind it, I think it would just have that massive effect of we can just put that behind us. The media can put it behind us. Every The fans can do it as well. And then we yep. just move on with it. But yeah, how do we beat them is the question. And it kind of leads us to the next segment of the opposition analysis that will tie it My nicely favorite. into the keys to winning and I kind of have found a bit of a structure with this one where I go through the defense, the midfield, and then the forward mm-hmm. line of the opposition, getting a couple like of key it. points. And I think with a Collingwood part of it, it's like I almost don't need to say a lot because we kind of know what Collingwood are. They've been like this for a couple of seasons. And it's almost quite simple, the analysis on this one. But I'll start with their defense. And I think obviously you've got to highlight that Darcy Moore is one of the most... Yep. Informed key defenders, I think, this year, dominating with his intercepts. is the, the key pillar down back for them. He not only stops opposition's run of play, but what he's been able to do so much is it's not like intercepting, just like handball it off, but his kicking has been really good as well and being able to be hmm. like uh, what we kind of want Mitch McGovern to be at his best, being able to rebound and, and kick those plays off for them. He sets them up so well down back. And then for I think sure. they're smalls are always so damaging, particularly against us. Like they're just so good at ground level. You yeah, look at like Quaynor, Maynard, Dacos, Noble. You, you can throw Markov into that. He's at least got some pace away from it, but they're just mm. so good at it at ground level. And I think we always get hurt in this area. Like our small forwards, a, a issue with them has been their ability to lock it in, keep the pressure in there. And so many yeah. teams seem to just stream the ball out of our forward half, particularly from kick-ins. And knowing that's such a strength for Collingwood, mm-hmm. we really need to be on it. We need to lock that ball in, keep the high pressure up, work. And these are the, the key pillars I'm going to keep throwing out there because if we're disciplined and if we keep that hard work and, and work as a unit throughout that whole field to stop these guys doing it, we're going to be better for it because it's such mm-hmm. a worry for us and – it is just something they're really good at. And then to highlight Nick Dacos, yep. who is one of their key players, he's the number one player for disposals, the number one disposal getter in the competition. He's number two at generating inside 50s just for Collingwood behind Dugowie, which I find quite yep. interesting considering his position being that halfback, pinch hitting in the midfield as well. Yeah. Uh, so it just shows how pivotal he is. He's number three in the competition for effective kicks and number one in the competition for effective disposal. Something we're not good at is disposing the ball. So, again, it just highlights this guy and what we have to potentially shut down. It's just the key Mm. to how they move the ball out of defense and helping them set up forward of center. He's hard to stop because he's so good, but we just can't let him roam free all day. Jumping then into their midfield, really it's just where a lot of their success comes from. Their high work rate, good skills, and their spread away is just deadly with their chaotic ball approach. And it's interesting. They're not a massive clearance side they don't sort of base their football off winning clearances like maybe i think we kind of do they've obviously brought in a tom mitchell Mm. to help that area and at the moment it's interesting when you look at the ratings at the moment they're 11th for center clearances we're 15th um and then stoppage and then stoppage clearances they're ranked ninth we're eighth so it's interesting but because at the moment they're not super damaging from there but because most Mm. of their play tends to be a bit more turnover based it's that spread away but it's it's when they do win it, they are so incredibly um, just just effective with it. And yeah. I kind of want to throw up some graphics to, I guess, highlight 
what is going on with their midfield and maybe it shows some deficiencies for us. Interesting thing though, when I did mention that we're 15th for center clearances and struggling a little bit in the midfield is over the last six weeks where we've sort of switched this up a little bit. We're actually now the second rated for contested possessions and we're the third highest scoring team from clearances in the last six weeks. Hmm. So if you just had that, I reckon we'd be rating a lot higher in the other key metrics as well. But it just kind of goes to show that these stats aren't just little microcosm. They're kind of the whole bit. Yeah, but sure. I'll just bring this up onto the screen at the moment. This is the center clearances and, and the average of the players. Hmm. So it's a bit more of a visual one. So if you're on YouTube, you're going to love it. If you're listening to this in po- podcast form, if you want to jump over to YouTube at some stage and, and watch this, feel free. Otherwise, I'll do my best to explain it. Um, but it's the average center clearances per game of Collingwood's midfield versus ours. Basically, you've got Dugowie for them at 3.3, Tom Mitchell at 2.4. And I guess there's sort of a big drop-off from that to there next. And you kind of look at ours, it's Cripper 2.6, Hewitt 1.8. It's just a big difference in the quantity of their top being, you know, Dugowie with a three, Mitchell with a two, ours being then two and pretty much two with Cripps and Hewitt. So I think that kind of highlights to you and maybe to me as well that they're doing a little bit better at it with their better players. Hmm. But then it's also their depth, which is the worry for me, where Taylor Adams at 1.6, Pendles at 1.6, Chris yeah. 0.7, Nick Dacos at 0.6, compared to the rest <laughs> of our depth being Chera 1.7 that matches up well. But then Walsh dropping off at 1.2, Kennedy at 1, Doherty probably the next midfield mix at 0. So hmm. that kind of is, is that issue of... Our midfield's been okay. The top end hasn't been as good as it has been beasting. And then the depth has been the issue. And I think when you look at center clearances, that's kind of it there, um, which is maybe a little bit of a worry, but an area that clearly if we can dominate this spot on the ground, I think we're going to be so much better for it. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to highlight the guys that do run through there just to see what it's like this year. And then looking at stoppage clearances as well, there's a lot more names on this one because this is where you start to get your wingers involved as well. And it just kind of shows you what we need to look out for because, again, I, I think we match up quite well maybe at the start, but then it drops off quite a bit. So Dugowie is at 3.3. Mitchell's at 3.3. Josh Dacos is quite good at this around the stoppages at three. Whereas then you've got our top guys at Cripper 4.9. So he's better than everyone. But then while she's the next at three, Cher at 2.3. So while I feel like I've said three so many bloody times, but Collingwood's top three all averaging around that three mark. Ours drops off on that third to Cher at 2.3. So it's kind of, we're mm-hmm. just not hanging with them with the consistency and the depth. And then dropping even further, you got Adams and Pendles at 2.4. Crisp at 1.9, side bottom 1.9, and Dacos 1.6. So those guys, again, around that 1.6, 1.9. The rest of our depth is Akers at 2, Hewitt at 2, Doc 1.4, and throwing in our other winger, Hollands, at 1.1 around the stoppage clearances. So a bit of a difference there. It sort of drops off again heavily at those last few. When I was looking at the stats and looking at the stoppage clearances, there are a few other names that were higher than a Hollands. I think an Ed Kerno was up there and, and maybe a few others, but I was trying to just have guys that were more midfield based to compare it more naturally because the big 
takeaway from this is kind of looking at their wings in the Josh Dacos and the side bottom and just the influence that they have around stoppages, not yeah. only from a clearance point of view, but then they're, they're so damaging on the outside and we just have to be and hold them to account. And then you look at our wing as it maybe hasn't been the best. Um, so I thought I'd just highlight mm. those little key points for you. And then, Love it. yeah, the, the other sort of main things to look out for in the midfield is Tom Mitchell with his clearances. He's so good at getting the ball out in congestion and being that feeder to their midfield runners. So he's a vital one to stop. And then Dugowie being that great clearance player, like I showed with those stats, but then he's also able to hit the scoreboard. So we've just got to be really switched on when he does go forward. <laughs> so I think that's something our team lacks at the moment is having a mid that can go forward. So you just can't get him getting loose. Do you have anything you wanted to say on the defense or the midfield before I jump into Gosh. the forwards? Lots of threats, lots of threats. Get some water in you, mate, please. Um, yeah, I guess the only comment on the clearance thing is just the role that Pitt can play in that as well yes. is so important. Like, hopefully that's a part of this game where we can mm. he can dominate the hitouts, give us those good looks and get those clearance numbers up. My fingers are crossed. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, looking at their forwards, it's very interesting. They're second for inside 50s, which is actually insane in the competition at the moment. Unfortunately, we're 14th, so not good. Um, wow. And then they're seventh for That's tackles wild. inside 50. We're 14th. So, yeah, not only do they get it in a lot, but they're really good at keeping it in, which is obviously why they're on top of the ladder at the moment. They don't have a lot of tall <laughs> targets. It's my check and Mason Cox. But yes. really where their strength is, it lies with their vast amount of those dynamic smalls that can hurt us. And just look at the Brisbane game as what – how bad it can happen when it happens against us. So that's a, a worry and a watch area for me because um, you just can't give them a lot of space. We really have to apply the pressure, which is why I was talking about our smalls. Um, we just, because yeah, when, when they get free, their use is so good. Um, and our use yeah. as well, I guess, when you're, when you're looking at our defenders, trying to stop these forwards, we haven't been great at getting that ball out of D50. Ball movement has been an issue. Decision-making has been an issue. So I think we've got to be so switched on here because with their pressure being seventh for tackles inside 50 and it coming in so much, we've just got to be smart getting it out. And what is quite interesting again for me here, weird stat, is they're not really a big marking team. We're ranked number one for marks in the AFL. They rank 15th. So they don't tend Hmm. to kick mark a lot, which makes sense from how they play. Yeah. But if you're looking at that, first to 15th, marks inside 50, we're sixth, they're seventh for marks Hmm. inside 50. So they're not getting a lot of them, but when they do, they're in the right areas. Again, kind of showing you this efficiency and showing you that they're just using it a little bit better. Um, The worrying part to throw out there is over the last six weeks, we've been the fourth easiest team to score against when the ball gets inside our defensive 50. Big worry showing how effective they are. But again, it just kind of highlights that if when we're on the top of our game, this is somewhere where we need to make sure we stifle it out. And I kind of, again, wanted to show you a bit of a comparison, showing you the the kind of goals and showing the forward lines matchup and then kind of showing you those marks inside 50. So we'll get up the average goals here because, again, it's kind of highlighting some deficiencies with us because while we've got a Charlie Kernow averaging the 3.7 and and even a Matty always at 2.3 compared to their highest being at my check at 2.3 and then... No one really else is in that two bracket. 
that's good for us. The issue is then where it drops off because then the next guys for us, it's it's Harry at one point three, which with the opportunities he's getting needs to be higher, needs to be higher, and Durden also with him at one point three, Motlop at one, Jack Silvani at point nine. When you compare that with the a vast amount that Collingwood have, it's Cox and Hill at one point three. Ginevan at 1.2, Dugowie and Johnson 1.1, and then Elliott and McCreary at one apiece. So they've got basically two guys extra there that are averaging around that one mark. And you could probably even go lower than this, and I'm sure they'll still have more players through it. But it just shows you that that they've got so many different avenues to go, even though they don't necessarily have the talls in there. And with, I guess, Cameron coming back, it allows Cox to be down there more. So it wouldn't surprise me if his numbers start to go up because of that. So it just shows you that we need our best players to step up like a Harry. We need our smalls to be good. And we also just need more players to actually step up and be options to score and that defenders have to watch out. Um, And then looking at the marks inside 50 to kind of show you how this plays out. And maybe it it shows you with the goals there that for us, it's 3.4 averaging marks inside 50 for Charlie, 2.8 for Harry. So that goal conversion is, is very low for how often he's getting it in potentially good areas, at least closer to goal. Um, and then always is the only other Carlton player above a one at 1.5. Compare that to Collingwood. They don't have the the highs that we do with Elliot being their highest at 1.9, but the, my check 1.8, Johnson 1.6, Cox 1.5, and then Hill 1 to Goey 0.9. And then to round them out, they've got Ginevan and McCree at 0.8 while we've got, you know, Silvani 0.8, Durden 0.6, Motlop 0.6. So it, again, it's just they've yeah. got such a, a higher amount of guys that are able to get off the chain and be options, which I think what that shows me is when they do spread and when they do get the ball away, they're just potentially going to be able to hit up so many different options, which is why we've just got to be at our best. And it's, it's why they're so dangerous, really. And the, the crazy thing with the marks inside 50, the averages doesn't look as bad. But when you actually like tally up the points and see the discrepancy, it's like we've mm. got like 31 and 25 from like McKay and, and Kerno. And then the drop off from that for us, it's like Silvani on seven. Whereas these is yeah. a lot more even being like 17, 16, 11, nine, seven. Like it kind of slowly drops down. Ours is like yeah. the two talls and no one else as far as marks inside 50. And I understand it's the way we play. We've got tall targets, so we use them. But. <laughs> We just do need some more avenues to goals, and maybe that's where some midfielders can kind of step up and, and maybe contribute a little bit more in the, in that space. For sure, I feel like yeah, <clears throat> always inflates those because he's yeah. but he's played half the games, <laughs> so it's like it it's even worse than it looks. Um, yeah, that 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 really does tell the story. I think we, yeah, mm. but you're right. That that is how we play it. It doesn't necessarily. I don't think it has to be a bad thing necessarily that no. we have the the more higher end guys and less spread but we can't say that it's working optimally for us right now yeah we obviously just need more output from it's obvious harry um and then the smalls need to be hitting that scoreboard we need midfielders to do it and while i know it's a bit of grim reading or listening viewing whatever it is just going through (laughs) that it kind of just highlights why they're going so well and why we probably aren't at the moment and then it just highlights those, yep. what do we need to stop? What do we need to do to win, which takes us to the keys to winning. I know you wanted to get to this earlier, but I've got them here. And I'll go back through those. Give me the keys. Killers. It is the work rate, discipline, teamwork, 
Reason I say that, high pressure in our forward 50 to lock the ball in and not allow the easy exits. I spoke Please. about how good Collingwood are getting the ball out of there, how that's such a big thing with Nick Dacos being the number two player in their team for generating those inside 50s, score involvements, everything's so high for this man. Getting high pressure in there, that work rate discipline, working as a team, working as a collective to lock it in, that is mm. key. Most oh, importantly, I think the thing that we need to do is win that midfield battle and win the clearances. Yes. It, it does. It allows Collingwood less time to have the ball in hand, doesn't allow them to spread. And then we just have to work really to continually work hard if they do win the spread and then limit our turnovers. Because if we're doing what we did against the dogs and using the ball so poorly by foot or by hand, they're going to kill us because they're going to hurt us on the spread. And, uh, you know, limiting their midfield spread will equal those less forward entries to their dynamic forwards, which we've said that you don't want it in there too often. So I think that it's clear that, that the midfield battle is so big and that comes down to, again, work rate, discipline. Don't get sucked into the contest, particularly with those wingers. We saw it last year in probably... That first game against Collingwood, a Cottrell got absolutely given a footballing lesson by side bottom out on the wings and, and knowing Collingwood play those positions so well, you've just got to be disciplined in your position and make sure you're doing the team role, working for each other, creating options, creating spread for yourselves. And it's smart decision-making exiting D50, like I alluded to earlier. The, the small, their smalls will hurt us on turnover. They'll be high on pressure, so we just got to make the right decisions and then be smart when the ball hits the ground. I don't want to be seeing a goal like the doggies kicked last week where we think the ball's gone out and it's a behind, yeah, so we stop, and then all of a sudden they just walk into an open goal. That can't be happening. Collingwood will hurt us a lot more than the doggies will. And so not only does that smart decision-making stop Collingwood strength, the turnover inside 50, it helps us launch. And then where we've got the ball in hand and we're streaming forward and delivering it to Charlie and Harry. So... Those are my keys to winning. That's why those skills were a part of it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Lockie, that you were seeing as the keys? Um, and what did you make of those pillars? Do you think I did well enough to I, explain why that was so important? You know, I've been giving you a lot of positive feedback recently. You're really just coming into your own with all this. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Even... I'm waiting for the for the backhanded compliment because I feel like I dish no, out a bit for you. No. So I feel like I deserve a little bit coming back my way. I'm not in that mood tonight. I'm. It feels like the calm before the storm, before a big weekend of footy that's going to wrap up with a big blues win. Mm. So, I'm. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to come at you today, unless we get. You know, unless you come at me with the tips, and then I might. <laughs> well, turn. we'll get there in a second. I just realised I do have one other question. Probably should have put this in earlier because maybe this is a bit depressing. Who, who maybe it's not. Trade? Maybe we can get this back up and about. I just remembered I have this one from. Someone that messaged us on Facebook, it is CJ Coe, mm-hmm. I believe is how you pronounce that one, um, okay. which is this is a topic we probably haven't covered a lot of. It's been probably the hottest topic. We haven't gone in depth in it a lot. So mm. There's probably a lot of people asking similar questions, and he's asked us the hard-hitting one here. He's gone, why is All everyone right. dodging the big question with Harry? Should he be dropped back to the VFL for a week or two to try and get his confidence back? maybe looking at Soss moving up and bring TDK in for another tall option. What's the worst can happen? And this is kind of the sentiment. I kind of want to get this question out and about of your sort of thoughts on Harry at the moment. There's been obviously so much about it. We said it at the start of the show, we want to be there and cheering him to help him with the confidence. What's your take on it? Do you think at some stage Mm. if it isn't working well, does he have to go to the twos? 
<laughs> what's your thoughts on the whole Harry Mackay talking point currently? Sure. Um, I think as a as a general principle, and we talk about this sometimes, where there is players that we feel like they could get value by going to the twos and tearing it up. Like people like Jack Martin come to mind, yeah. where we're like, "You're we believe that you're fringe." And mm. you're not giving us enough. So we want to see that you can actually do it there. Yeah. Harry doesn't feel like that kind of player to me. Like I, mm. I hold him to too high of a standard. Um, there's no guarantee that him doing that is going to build his confidence. Yeah. It could, it could shatter his confidence for the rest of the season. Um, like the amount of media attention and criticism that he's getting right now. Imagine if he's then dropped, like it would yeah. just, be even more of a snowball in my opinion. So for me, I wouldn't be going that route. Um, you know, we, we, we've spoken about Harry each week. Now we haven't gone into depth, but I feel like our general consensus is he's not playing terribly. Mm. Like he's not, he's not one of our worst players. His errors have been the most glaring um, just because of the nature of them and because of the high standard that we know he can do winning a freaking Coleman 15 months ago. Yeah. So, for me, it, I think it is just persisting. Like you, you spoke about this game being a circuit break for the team. I think any of these weeks can just be a circuit breaker for him as mm. well, where he puts a few games together and we look back and go, remember when he had the yips? Because yeah. they're gone now. So for me, it's keep showing the faith, keep persisting, and it's going to click eventually. No, look, uh, you've nailed pretty much all my thoughts. I think we're we're back aligned, which is beautiful here at the Navy Blue Corner because I agree, and I know some people maybe ask to, for him to get dropped, but I agree. I think that if that does happen, that's probably worse for his confidence, and I just don't think that, that is yeah. what would be best. And even going back off what you said, I feel like I'm just going to repeat everything, which is Please apart do. from Boost the conversion in front of goal, everything else has been really good. He's working up the ground has been great. I think his kicking has been absolutely fine in, in, in field. He's, I mean, it gets highlighted yep. a little bit, but I've, I haven't had an issue with that too much either. He's been getting the opportunities. If he wasn't getting the opportunities, I'd be worried. But clearly yes. there's just, for whatever reason, he's missing a couple more than he would normally. And that's not good. Mm. Some players go through these periods. I think the media pylon has been overboard. Like, I don't know. Oh. He's Maybe this is me being delusional, but like, He's missed a bunch, but like I don't think it's been horrific. Mm. Like it hasn't been good, but I don't think it's been as much as it's earned as much talking point. He's obviously set the standards yeah. for himself. I think the snaps don't help because when you miss it, it looks so much worse. But like for if sure. he just missed a drop punt, I don't think the storyline would be as loud in the media as yeah. possible. And so for me, it's it's just keep going and eventually it'll click and it's been raised in the media a little bit and i was fortunate again i'll drop a i don't know how a, a, a boge bomb i don't know brownie bomb i don't know if that's the the thing from the uh and the episode and the episode <laughs> well it, the eye didn't work for it but uh, the little tidbit i got from, from zach fisher i i, I yeah. this wasn't brought up it wasn't like i was pestering him about harry it was the question was asked about um you know running and, and extras that guys do um, sure. outside of the regular program. And he was quick to just mention that, look, as far as extras, like Harry's the one that does the most. Like he's always out there with his kicking, always working on it, always trying to sort this craft out. So I think if anyone's going to do it, that's putting in the work, it's him. And that kind of instilled me with the confidence yeah. with 
well, at least he's working on it and he's been working on it for a long time. So at some stage it'll click. Maybe you could look at it the other way and say, maybe he just needs a break. Maybe he needs to stop working on it. Maybe that will be the mental thing. But <laughs> yeah, it, it fills me with confidence that this, this guy is putting in the hard yards and he'd understand it's not going all great, but it's everything cool. else he's offering that's good. And eventually... I think I think it will turn, but I think that's the Harry discussion for me. I think we're pretty much aligned. Do you have anything else you wanted to to add to that just before we head into the footy yeah. tip? Just the really quick thing I was going to say is we are very blessed right now with our injury state and we've got like our strongest yeah. team out in the park. I think you can't underestimate as well the fact that if we take do take Harry out and try and move some magnets. Yeah. Well, we already see how it's working with Charlie right now. Like he's mm. got five players on him. Well, he's going to have six then. Yeah, um, it, it just yeah. You I just think about you think it. about those bailout kicks that we need at times where it's like God, we just need to kick this to the wing and hope Harry takes a contested mark, and he does. He's been nailing yeah. all of that. So yeah, it's a it's a nothing for me. Go out there, cheer his name when his name gets called oh, out, we're get around off, him, and, and maybe we can we can start turning a little bit for him. But I've no doubt that he'll he'll sort it out. So that's pretty much going to finish the uh, the the talking of Carlton footy. Because we're getting to one of our favorite segments and I don't know if I'm happy or incredibly nervous about this one because this is our footy tips. We are going to the fun part of this episode. We are in the Carlton Cheers Squad footy tipping competition. Things have been a little bit bleak and so we've tried to change things up. Instead of working (laughs) as a unit because that wasn't working, we've decided to split it, make it a bit more of a competition. I was begging to work as a unit last week, by the way. If you can recall. So I need to hear I how understand it went. It. I understand it, but we aligned too much on this. So we needed to disagree with something. And so the pass mark to stay on is seven out of nine every week. And Lockie had been doing pretty well. Credit to him. He'd been getting us that seven out of nine, coming through very clutch. Unfortunately, I feel like I it's didn't. a five out of nine. Five. Week. Pretty grim. Pretty, pretty over the grim. Case. So... Ian is in the hot seat this week. God, I just referred to myself in third person. I want to throw up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even occur to me. I feel like you do that all episode. So, oh, I, I hope I don't. Out. Someone, someone, pull me up if I have been. But five out of nine means I'm finally back, <laughs> which probably means you'll be in the hot seat again next week. It's gonna be interesting here to see what I can do. I, I tell you, what was can frustrating I... was last week I had so many winners. I had Richmond. Oh, I had Gold on. Coast. I had Frio. I asked to be I a had unit. Port because you tipped. You tipped Sorry, North. I don't know what you're doing. I had Melbourne. I They're had up a Brisbane. Quarter time. I the only game that I did not have was I tipped Carlton, which is actually incredible from me. Uh, but watch me this get on one you. out of nine this week. This is disaster. This, I can't do it this I, week. This this is proof that I should be tipping again because I knew that we needed to be a unit last week and you're the one that denied that so we would have had eight maybe we would have had nine maybe we would have even gone against carlton well see this i don't want you angling to try and take this seat away from me i haven't even i've barely gone in it's barely warm and you're already going see this is what should happen get me back in the seat you sit there shut your mouth i'm gonna win us nine out of nine this week um because we can i make a proposal okay go for it i reckon we just the seven out of nine i think it's you stay on if we go up the ranks. Okay. So even if you have a botched we week, need progress. everyone else has a bad week. Yeah. Okay. So all we're trying to do is, here is get up, yeah. the, you get up the table. Okay. I don't mind that. I'm happy with that. 
And I'll just right. even pre. Don't I will even say that. Guess what, Lockie? You didn't go up in it this week, so you're that. still in that, that dirty seat in the corner. Sit down there. I'll that. take over this week. But I do like it. I do like it. I'll probably who cares? I'll hit the seven anyway because I don't know. Look, Port Adelaide. Why is Melbourne the favourite? Get them out of there. Port's winning at home. Chuck them in by eleven points. Let's terrible go tip. Upset Yuck, already. North Melbourne don't even have a coach at this stage, so Sydney will Fred win that Ratten one. Fred Ratton is First winning game, this game. Bleh, nah, Sydney or okay, every day of the week. George Wardlaw, he can he can play all he wants. Is no chance. Oh, this is hard. Mars Stadium, Western Bulldogs versus Adelaide. See, I really nice want to go easy. Adelaide here, but you just got to go the dogs. You got to go That's the dogs. Fine. It's away from Adelaide Oval. Uh Frio versus Geelong. Oh, this and I see. Maybe I want us to go back together for this week because I cannot no. pick between these two. I think I just have to go with the head that says Geelong. And I think you might okay. be Frio in the bag there. No, we'll no, find no. Out. Geelong's going to win. Oh, the big one, the Q Clash. One of the favorites um, that get the people down to the ground. There might be Jared 30 Cup. people there. Unbelievable. Uh, Brisbane will win that one easily. Agreed. Uh, Essendon versus Richmond. Ooh, I hate this game. I hate both these teams. Richmond are bouncing back a little bit. I think I'll go them. I think I'll go the Tigers in that one. Right. Uh, well, Jesus. What speaking of speaking of certain cups, this could be the Harley Reid Cup. Hawthorne versus <laughs> West Coast. Yeah, it has to be Daniel Hawthorne. Chick-Cup. He played for the Hawks, did he? Wow, that is my yeah. tri- AFL trivia news is not going well there. Uh, Carlton Collingwood, obviously Carlton. We can't give us your him. favorite player that played for Carlton and Collingwood. There's only Carlton. one. There's clearly <laughs> one. Cameron it's Cameron Cloak. No, it's <laughs> East Collingwood. It's East Collingwood, of course. I'm glad you got onto that. I'm, I'm very surprised we that we that. actually picked the same one. There's so many niche ones like that. Oh, wow, I'm impressed with us. Was Was Cameron Wood also? Oh, yeah. Was he a Collingwood chief? We loved the Camerons from for Solo for a little bit. For Solo was He's certainly Scotland. there. He's Scotland was just obviously. Jordan Russell. The... Jordan Russell, true. We end up going to Collingwood. See, not many went to Collingwood. Mm. Like, they normally came to us. Obviously, your Daisy Thomases as well. It's true. Daisy. There's more than you'd expect considering the rivalry. Like, think about a yeah. Carlton Essendon. There's not many that went go that way, which is intriguing. Well. Um <laughs> then Bring to finish time. it up, to make it nine out of nine, the Giants yeah, versus the Sainters. Mate, do I'd... I go rogue here? <laughs> do I go rogue with one for GWS? I'm They're so big. I'm so tempted. Sound. Um, but no, I think King's back for the Saints. So get them involved. So that is the tips this week. Let me know if I've made a mare there on the tips. I've gone a couple of underdogs, but you need them. You need them. That is nine out of nine. Chuck them in. I'll be in the hot seat again next week. Lockie, do you have anything to add before we wrap this one up at all? This is anything? the this is this is the time where you pump us all up, mate. See, you're starting to put too much into this. And now you <laughs> now is what I everybody have to do something. For. Now I have to People do something. People sit through I'm the like... tips. They don't care about the tips. They just want to get to this moment. An hour See, and this ten is minutes it. into this bad boy. I think. This may be the worst one. This may be the worst closer that I'll give you. Should I log off and just let you and the and the listeners be together for a bit? 
I think I may need to log off. I think you may need to take over because I'll be honest. Right now, I don't think that we will beat Collingwood. Sitting here, <laughs> right here, right now. Going off everything we've seen, I do not believe that we will get it done. But, but. Wrong. Think about the storylines going into this game. You take your head away from it. Go with the heart, mate. Everyone's shitting on Harry Mackay. Can't kick a goal. Can't buy one. Well, guess what? He's going to kick five or six. He's going. Will he get ten? Who? Guess what? Harry, mate. Sorry, Charlie. You can't get to ten. You're, you're stuck on nine. Harry's getting ten. You can just see this. You can see it. All the storylines: Carlton or bottle jobs. They can't beat Collingwood. They can't even beat the doggies. They're playing a quarter of football. Not this week. It's Collingwood. We have to win at least two games out of these next four or so. This is surely the one. We've, we've spoken about the importance of that cir- circuit breaker. And even though my head's telling me we're no chance in this, everything makes no sense. The way we play means we'll get killed by Collingwood. You just think, you, you have to sit there and think, it's happening, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, it's the underdog story of the year. We get this done. Circuit breaker. All of a sudden, everything clicks. Boys are up and about. Fans are up and about. And we go on to get into the top eight pretty easily. It just, it feels like it's written in the stars this week, Lockie. For as much as I feel like it won't happen, that is making me believe that it will happen. I don't know. It is a weird, weird feeling. I told you, it's not a great pump up. It probably isn't a pump up at all. So I might need something for you to bring it home, but I don't know. Against all odds, this feels like the one. This feels like the one. That is, that will go down as an all-time fence sit from you. All <laughs> fence sit. You're going to be sitting here. Sit. Told you. Told you we'd lose. Or when we win, <laughs> I told you to believe. That's not what it's about, Lockie. It's not it. about me being right thinking this. It's me saying that I don't think we'll win. My head keeps telling me it's not happening. Look at the look at the comparisons I've given you. They're better at the clearances. They're better with the marks inside 50. They're better on the spread. Your midfield's too slow. I'm writing the list of things. And guess what? Come here, Monday night. I'm going to come with that list of everything that Carlton aren't as good as Collingwood at. And I'm going to be going, oh, Paddy Cripps is too slow. Cross it off the list. Harry Mackay can't kick a goal. Cross it off the list. Because the baggers are going to bloody win this one. Fuck Collingwood. We hate these dogs. <laughs> and it's going to happen for the Mighty Baggers because it's an underdog story for the ages. Everything's going to click for these boys. And we'll be back here talking That's about a win. Up the bloody baggers. See you guys next time.